Thank you for tuning into a podcast in our series, Real Life. Stay tuned for an inspirational exploration of dynamic experiences and insightful reflections on the highs, the lows, life presents. TBS Now Radio brings you engaging content no matter where you are listening to this stream. Don't touch that dial as you journey with our presenter and guest today. Remember, this is a real-life podcast stream coming to you from TBS Now Radio. Stay with us as we uncover faith-based principles and practical ways to make a success of life. ...holiday in London. He responded to the call to Europe. He was subsequently ordained into pastoral ministry in 1993... And since then, he has served full-time for about 28 uh, years now in the ministry. Uh, Pastor Jonathan's overriding passion is to raise a global network of one million disciples of Christ across the continents and nations and to see the vision of Jesus fulfilled through the Great Commission and Great Commandments to love God and all his people. Dr. J, as we popularly call him, or Pastor J, is the leader of City Chapel and the convener of the National Day of Prayer in the UK, which has seen hundreds of thousands of people pray across multiple locations and stadia in Britain. Dr. Jonathan is blissfully married to Abby and lives in Kent with his two children. He's a sports enthusiast and he says he can be illogical in matters relating to Manchester United. <laughs> Dr. Jonathan, it is a privilege to have you in the studio today. You are very welcome. Well, it's great to be here, Mr. Biwoye. I've known you for so many years. So it's great to be on this show and to talk to the lovely um, listeners and um, to engage in conversation about life. Fantastic. It is a privilege again to have you. So, let's just get straight into it. Please share with my audience, where were you born and what was your early life like growing up in your family? Um, so my parents came over to England, as many in their generation did, to study in the 60s. They actually arrived 1959 and between 1959 and 1970, when we went back to Nigeria, they had four kids, three boys and one girl. In fact, um, my parents had the first boy, as you and I would know, then the second boy, and so they thought the third one was going to be a girl. So they had bought <laughs> girls' clothes and picked stuff, thinking that it was going to be. They didn't used to tell the parents the, the, the gender in those days. And you did not oblige. <laughs> so I came out as a boy, oh. so I was disappointed. <laughs> you know, I was the third, and then we had the girl, and we all were here until 1970 when we were, we, were, we went back to Nigeria. Um, I had fond memories. I don't remember my time in England, but okay. I had fond memories of when we arrived in Nigeria. And uh, growing up in Nigeria was was a thrill in the 70s. As, okay. Yeah, I think those were the good days in Nigeria, in my generation at least. What made, what made growing up in the 70s in Nigeria thrilling? Because... Lots of people who are listening maybe were the 80s, um, the millennial generation, okay. and maybe the 90s, um, and they, they haven't got any um, perspective of what life was like then. Um, 
So we 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 lived in Suleri in Lagos. Okay. And Suleri, I could say, is uh, would be like Ikoyi now or there, uh, maybe a few years ago. What Ikoyi are the mainland island? Those who live in the island. So Suleri was like a middle class suburb. Okay. Yeah, and so you could go buy conflicts, you could ride your chopper bike, you know. It was just a very lovely massive estate. Uh, we didn't call it the estates then, but Suleri was like a, a massive estate. Um, the, the houses were similar. So it wasn't a far cry. Well, I didn't remember England so much. But Did you have um, stores like um, Chelarans, Leventis? Leventis, um, Kingsway, I think we had. Kingsway, yes. yes. Bata, uh, oh. or the shoes. <laughs> <laughs> Cortina. Cortina, Cortina shoes. shoes. We yes. go to school. Go to school. <laughs> so those were the days. Obviously, um, I mean, Naira was slightly stronger than the pound. Wow, you know, so the, uh, one naira was like, you know, one point something pounds. Okay. Then it became, then it became equal. Uh, if yeah. you can imagine, yeah. the naira being equal to the pound, and then it became one to two. You know, and that, that was like madness. And then, then the ship started to sail <laughs> away rapidly. Oh my goodness! So those were the days. I mean, I mean, Nigeria was was different then. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So and and and, and we grew up. Um, when we got back some years later, um, my my predominant extended family was Muslim. So my dad okay. came home one day and just said, you know, from today we're all Muslims. We didn't go to church. Uh, my mom would take us to um, a cathedral event, maybe on Christmas or whatever. My dad, yeah. may, may, my dad didn't go to church. Um, mm. But then they came home and they said, you know, we were going to be Muslim. So from that time, my mom and dad um, became quite engaged in the Muslim faith okay. because they had always grown up as Muslims. Okay, so uh, can you can you recite, did you ever learn to recite the Islamic prayers? Bismillah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Fantastic. Yes. So that's a significant pivot yes. to who you are today, what, you, what your faith represents. Yes. So can you share with my audience how did you make the transition from Ilekeu yes. to the kingdom? Okay, so Ilekeu is Quranic school, for yes. those who don't understand what you just said. Um, I, when I was in my teens, I had this sudden passion to talk to God. Hmm. And so I would pray on my mat. We prayed five times a day. Yeah. I was a compliant child. So I got into the Muslim faith. I was even part of the um, uh, Muslim youth movement in, in my area then. Um, I'll pray on my mat and then in the evening, because the evening prayer was the last prayer, so you could spend some time. So I would then be talking to God that, God, why don't you talk to me? And I, I asked my imam, why, God doesn't, why doesn't God talk to us? And he said, well, we have the prophet's writings and we have the Quran and that should be enough for us. You know, nobody talks directly to God. Um, he's spoken through his prophet, his chosen prophet. Hmm. Um, I, I asked my mom, I asked my, my, my uncle who's passed now, who was quite ardent in, in the faith. Yeah. And none of them could give me a satisfactory answer. Hmm. So I was a bit of a bright kid. I got into uh, medical school. Um, and in, in, in medical school, I ran into this 
group of people who began to say things like God spoke to me. So that got my attention. So I because you were I, looking for God's, yes, God's did, voice. Yes. So okay. I, they said they were born again Christians. And we had this conversation. So we began, we began, began to have conversations, um, mm. arguments or debates about faith, about God, about the end of time. Mm. And they had these prayer meetings they did almost every Friday or um, like every Friday, if I can remember. And they would invite me, but I wouldn't go. So until faithfully one day, 1986, February, I, I woke up one day and all my friends had gone to the towns because we were in this medical school in um, the village in okay. Oku State, Agoway. So I, I just woke up one day and said, let me go to see what these guys are doing. It was mm. about a mile trek. I walked a mile around midnight. Yeah. I arrived after midnight into, in, the, in the village um, church building. And as I walked in, there were people being prayed for on the floor. Some people, somebody was preaching. Somebody was being prayed for as well. It was just, it looked very chaotic. <clears throat> Excuse me, to the normal, straight, disciplined structure of going to a mosque to pray. Okay. You know, everybody in one section of the mill. So, in a, in a nutshell, the the Muslims are much more organized in their prayer. Well, the, the, what the, you the, saw there. there's a, there's a structure. Okay. There's a structure. I won't say they're more organized, but just as a structure. And the women's in one place, the men are in one place. Here, everybody was together. Mm. So I did understand the concept of the whatever. But as I sat down, I, God began to speak to me. Mm. And he said, receive my son Jesus. And mm. I was speaking back to God in my heart. Mm. It, it's difficult to describe because I said to people that God can speak to anybody, Christian or not. Yes. And he began to speak to me and said, receive my son Jesus. And I said, why? I've been trying to speak to you all my life. And the first place you will speak to me is in a church. And, and, and I said, God, you'll be my God on one condition. Um, I will receive Jesus. <laughs> you came to God with Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, okay. I, I, said, you, I, said you, I will receive Jesus on one condition, that you speak to me every day, deal or no deal. Well, I didn't use those exact words. I'm just mm. using a, a phrase that everybody will understand now. Okay. And God basically said, yeah, I will communicate with you. So I went to the front when the, some people were going to the front. And I said, I want to receive Jesus. So they were happy. They said, you want to become a Christian? I said, no, I don't want to become a Christian. I want to receive Jesus. <laughs> you want to receive the Jesus they preach, but you don't want to change I don't, your I did, religion. I didn't want to change my religion. So they didn't know what to do with me. So they put me to a side. Some people came to talk to me. And over the period of talking to me and all of that, I received Jesus. And then I began to speak in this supernatural language. Speaking tongues. Yes. Speak, I didn't understand what it was at the time. Mm. Speaking in this language, basically the Holy Spirit came upon me. By the time I got back to my hostel, I was exhausted. Wow. Um, but something happened. If, if we have time, do we have a few more? Yeah, minutes? please go on. Um, they came to wake me up about an hour or two later because the hostel we were in had caught fire. Wow. And uh, there was smoke everywhere, but the fire was all on the bottom floor because I lived on, second, on the first floor. Yes. And so we couldn't go downstairs, so we ran onto the top of the roof of this our, top, our, our, our hall. And the um, next building was about 20 or 30 feet away. And then the voice in the dream said, jump. And I said, there's no way I can jump. And the voice said, I said, jump. So I run and I jump and I land on the other rooftop of the, of the next building. And then I look at my, my friends that were on the rooftop. They could not jump. And the voice said, pray for your friends. Mm. So I knelt down to pray, my, pray for my friends as I knelt down. 
I woke up, it was a dream. Wow. And as I woke up out of this dream, three statements came to my heart very clearly. I can remember them to this day. He said, you've escaped from the fire. Hmm. You can now do what you could not do before. Pray for your friends and your family to escape from the fire. Wow. So I then knew that what I had done in the church hours before was being, was being consolidated with this dream that I had been saved from the fire of hell and that there were supernatural things that, that, that it was not possible for a human being to jump from that place. The Lord was the one that helped me because no human being can jump. <clears throat> okay, so let me interject here because um, I know from my studies of uh, Islam yes. or um, the Quran, the Hadith, that there is a significant emphasis in the Muslim faith yes. on dreams. So, have you had dreams before this encounter that you would say have had an impact on your life or guided you up to the point when you had this no, divine experience? No, I can't remember any significant dream. Not that I didn't dream, but I can't remember any significant dream that pointed me towards God. I was just seeking God. I was asking God to talk to me and this was my sequence that I can recall. Um, I don't recall any, um, the only thing I recall was when I prayed on my mat, um, I remember feeling the same feeling of the person I met in that church. Mm. So his voice and his presence was like, was familiar. Yes. And, uh, and that, I believe, that you do, we do not when you say introduce people to Jesus you don't introduce people to Jesus hmm. you unveil him okay because many have encountered him unknowingly yes. not knowing who he was for many of us Jesus uh, the Lord God has been with us but we didn't know that it was God he has intervened in our lives he's spoken through dreams or or people or situations or a thought or something in our conscience and we did not realize who it was Okay, Dr. J, we'll come back to um, uh, some of these thoughts. You were on a visit to the UK in 1993 when you felt a call to ministry. What was the conviction? Because this is now a second ecstatic experience with God. The first one is your conversion. Yes. So what was it that drew you away so profoundly from medical practice yes. into Pentecostalism and yes. church? Yes. Um, so just digressing shortly, mm. my parents reacted to my salvation. Mm. It was a challenge. In fact, yeah. my dad disowned me for a season. Wow. Yeah. So um, we, we got into a truce with family and friends who said, you know, our boys are getting girls pregnant and you want to get rid of your medical doctor son. Yeah. Can we exchange sons? We'll give you our <laughs> 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 lay about sons so that we can take yours. So my dad understood the potential, mm. even though I was, I did not want to be a Muslim anymore. Wow. So we had this interesting truth and it was hinged on the fact that I was going to become a medical doctor. I was, because Nigerians, we love that tag and that is important because mm. 
I came to visit my sister. I was I'd finished at finished medical school. Um, I was going to continue the practice in um, in in Joss. Um, I'd got an admission to Joss, um, um, a very good missionary hospital there, and that was it was like key for me because I wanted to be like I wanted to be into mission, but also in my medical practice. Mm. So um, Vom in uh, in in Joss, Nigeria. I was going to go there, the Baptist yeah. um, thing. Um, but I came to see my sister on a three-month holiday and I, and I arrived in England thinking that everybody here was like Christians because of what I, you know, I thought I was going to the Mecca of Christianity, the modern Mecca. Yes. But when I got here, the, it was very different. The, the experience was different. And in my reflection, what's going on in, this, in, the, in the country, the Lord spoke to me in prayer mm. one day and he said, you are not here by accident. This were his exact words to me. You are not here by accident. Mm. You are here by divine design. And you are here as part of my recruitment to this part of the world hmm. in preparation for the coming of my son, Jesus. Wow. Drop your agenda and pick up my program. Those were his words to me. And they were very strong. I struggled with that call for six months. Because... Yes. I mean... <laughs> it, it, because it meant, it meant me giving up my plan. I didn't want to... Your dreams. Yeah, I didn't want to, I didn't want to be here. It was too cold. I said, God, are you going to change the weather? I can't live in this place so, you know, um, and, but the the call of God was very strong, and I succumbed to the call. But I still had a joker up my sleeve. I I was determined to come to renegotiate. To, to, <laughs> I was determined to to remain as a doctor here. Okay. You know, and I remember some of my friends. Um, we tried everything possible to to convert and to get whatever, but everything was being blocked. You know, and I knew, that, I knew it was God. I knew God was just not allowing. So I had a negotiation with God. And yeah, it, it, I don't want to digress too much, but that was... So the second negotiation. So the first negotiation, it speaks to you every day. Yes. Or leads you with his voice in yes. a way that you are sure of. And um, in 28 years or more, you can say that that has been largely true. Yes. Okay, so this second negotiation was to remain in the medical practice. Well, no, I didn't negotiate that with God. I was just, okay. I was struggling with the call. With the call. Yes. Okay. Okay. Um, but I can say that the fruit of what I have seen in my life yes. is purely by the grace of God. Hallelujah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Thank you. So, starting a business, any business or charitable organization can be difficult and often involves tremendous personal sacrifices for the vision to become a reality. What has been your greatest challenge as a pioneer of an independent church planting? Um, hmm. I think leaving Glory Bible Church, it became Glory House. Because when I came, I, I connected with my friends um, some of them had been, one or two of them had been medical school with me um, in uh, uh, senior levels. And we just, God orchestrated it such that the f youth fellowship became a church in 1993. Hmm. So there was a group of us, there was a core group of us, of about seven of us. And my wife now was part of the team then. Hmm. Um, so there were seven of us. And there was a core three of us, two twins and myself. Mm -hmm. um, 
and the one of the twins had been in medical school with me and we planted this thing we didn't know what it was at the time hmm. what it become it was a fellowship and it became a church it so happened at the time we planted this church that there were a lot of migration of young nigerians coming to the country hmm. in the um late 80s into the into the 90s and they were looking for somewhere to express themselves the southeast london being the yeah. um the landing pad for many of them the landing strip and many of them began to connect so we just found a lot of people coming to the church within two or three years we had grown to 500 600 um, wow. and then a thousand shortly uh, after that so it was a massive op operation i was like the resident pastor of the mm. church um the senior pastor was more of a preacher traveling preacher mm. and his twin was more of an administrative financial you know um administrator he had that gift so you were the shepherd the yeah I, I was i was like the resident pastor mm. um i did all the baptisms naming you know marriage just that was my thing and connecting with the community mm. um and when god told me to leave that mm. in 2007 yeah um that from having little or nothing mm. to leading this by the time god was calling me out of that um i could safely say we were like three to four thousand membership mm. in terms of the broad membership we had planted about three or four other churches that come out of us mm -hmm. willingly or unwillingly you mm. know um so I was driving a Mercedes convertible, mm. you know, um, and <laughs> the Lord said I should leave all of that. <laughs> Why does the Lord like interfering with your <laughs> flow? I know that's, <laughs> you know, so um, by this time, this call for to the nation mm. that he had originally given to me yeah. was coming upon me strongly mm. because I thought all this stuff that we were doing was mainly within the black community yeah. was all part of the mission yeah but i was ha i was having dreams of connecting and ministering to white caucasian people i had dreams of a stadium filled with christians worshiping was that a dream or a vision it was and I what's was the, the difference between I, the two it's different sometimes it's difficult to describe a vision and a dream so when you're sleeping it's a dream definitely but the Wembley one was not a dream. I wasn't sleeping. I was praying. And I just, I was switched off for, a f for some minutes. And I was in this massive stadium. And people were coming in or trying to get in. People were worshipping. And the pulpit was empty, but I knew Jesus was coming to preach. Hmm. And the voice said, when my people gather, I am the one that speaks. Yes. So I suddenly knew it was Wembley. But the Twin Towers were not there. This was 92, 93. Hmm. I didn't understand. How can I be at Wembley but not Wembley Stadium? Hmm. It was 10 years later or thereabout. They demolished Wembley and rebuilt it. And, and when I saw it. the new stadium, I said, that is the stadium I saw. Hmm. And that one day somebody is going to put on an event. I didn't know I was talking about to myself. One day someone's going to put on an event in that stadium of Christians worshipping together. We're going to come to that. But before we do, we're going to go to a break. You're listening to Real Life with Femi Bio. My guest is 
Dr. Jonathan Oloyede and what a delight he's been. Whatever you do, don't touch that dial. We'll be right back after the break. You are tuned in to a radio stream from TVS Now with Femi Ibiwaya. Inspirational, engaging, uplifting radio. Don't touch that dial. This structure does not uh, does is not fit for purpose when it comes to challenges. Mm -hmm. um, we 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 set things up in the good times, yeah. but we didn't set them up for bad times or challenges. Okay. What happens when um, a minister steals, or what happens when a minister falls into immorality? Mm -hmm. What happens when um, there is a dispute over doctrine? Mm. All of those checks and balances were not in place. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so um, your students still still looking at um, the proficiency of uh, ministers and people that you've um, brought through the ministry because you were um, principal of school of um, yes. school of ministry yes. in the in the church and in the ministry. If you've been tracking the progress of some of those people, who would you say are your most outstanding students? Uh, I, and I, where are they right now? Are they still in the ministry or <laughs> have they drifted away? I was, going to, I was going to avoid that question. Because, um, I think uh, I got a call some months ago during COVID from a 60 year old lady who was doing her 60th and birthday. she's sorry 60th birthday 60th birthday yes i'm not going to mention her name okay lovely lady and um i think it was a tuna contacted me and then she spoke to me and she said she did not want anyone else to pray for her on her 60th apart from me because of the input i'd made into her life mm. during the school of ministry yeah um, many of these people have gone on to become ministers, um, lots of them, um, of churches, as a pastor of a, of a thriving church in London here, who was my student. Um, I can point to other uh, ministers that have gone through the School of Ministry. Yes. Um, and I'm in touch with quite a number of them. Some I've lost touch with. Mm. Um, during COVID, I started a fresh wave of the School of Ministry again. Mm. Um, and... I believe very much in discipleship. Yes. And I will say something a bit controversial if you want me to. No, please. It's real life. So. Just say this. But um, one of the things that our generation did not do well was making disciples. Mm. We, were plant, we were planting churches. Mm. Church planting can be a distraction from discipleship making. What's the difference between a disciple and um, a Christian? No, between a... Okay. So the Christian goes to church, the disciple also goes yes, to so church. I would say that my country, Nigeria, for example, is a nation full of converts, but mm -hmm. not as many disciples. Okay. A convert is somebody who knows of Jesus. Mm -hmm. A convert is somebody who attends church, yes. but a convert does not submit to Jesus mm. and he does not or she does not duplicate themselves 
in somebody else. Mm. A disciple duplicates themselves in somebody else. Okay. And a disciple knows the voice of the master yes. and follows the master. The pastor or the church leader is not above Jesus. Mm. And sometimes in our churches or some of our churches, the church leader, the pastor has taken the place of, of Jesus. Mm. They tell people to do things and, and order them and command them to do things that even God won't tell them to do. Our Father in the Lord. You know, and Jesus said, don't call anyone teacher, don't call anyone father. And so that is a whole different conversation. I can have a, I can have a whole, whole... Please don't, <laughs> not, 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 not this morning. No, not no, no, I, I, I mean on a different, on yeah. a different time, yeah. yes. So is the church today, um, Pastor Jonathan, functionally and spiritually in the right place to fulfill God's divine purpose for her? We've kind of touched a little bit on that on the previous question. Yes, question. I think... Jesus said, I will build my church mm -hmm. and the gates of hell. The Lord will have his way. Yes. Even when the church goes on a diversion. You know those sat nav that says, turn round if when possible. Turn round when possible. For, for, for many in the church, I think the church structures have kind of gone on their own way. And the mm. Holy Spirit is saying, turn round when possible. Mm. Uh, because we have placed religion above relationship in some mm -hmm. cases um we've placed culture above creed mm -hmm. the 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 creed of the scriptures and um we have placed um human beings sometimes above god mm -hmm. and those things don't allow for for the for for kingdom i believe the kingdom should be the overriding value yeah. that um, underpins church and not the other way around. Mm. So I feel that the church will have to go through COVID has kind of helped for a lot of reflection. It's been a whole year of Sabbath for some, for some churches. Christians have found out that they can still remain Christians without their pastors. Without going to church. You know, that they can still have a relationship with God. So it stripped back some of the... How do you as a pastor feel about that um, revelation? Which revelation? That uh, Christians, because of COVID, sometimes are now more empowered to be much it's, more it's independent. Great. I, I love it. I love it because um, in the, for those that don't know the Bible, mm -hmm. let me just say something. There are two kinds of leadership in the Bible. Mm -hmm. Melchizedek and Aaron. Aaron is the broker mm -hmm. that stands between you and God. Yeah. Melchizedek is the coach that helps you to connect directly with God. Mm. And what we have in our churches is Aaronic priesthood, mm. whereby the pastor acts as the broker. Tell me what you want, and I'll talk to God on your behalf. You know, um, my anointing is greater than yes, my anointing is greater than your anointing. So I know God more than you. That's not what Jesus died for. Jesus died so that all of us could have direct access to God. It's called the priesthood of all believers. Wow. And so um, I think COVID inadvertently is helping some people to have more direct, without the broker, to have direct access. To okay, God. so let's talk about your illogical attraction and support you just, for you just, you just, football you just... <laughs> club. Yeah. How does Pastor Abby cope with that? Especially... How is she going to be coping? Because it looks like you and football have a thing going on. 
Um, and tomorrow is going to be make or break for England. Yes, yes. Um, it's interesting that many of my prayer meetings are in stadiums. <laughs> <laughs> I, did, I did a whole prayer meeting in West Ham Stadium, in a football stadium. And we've had um, some very interesting um, coincidences. Every time um, we help a football stadium engage with God, um, West Ham were going to be relegated. And they escaped relegation as a result of your prayer inside the stadium. <laughs> that's I believe. I honestly, I've I've seen too many coincidences. Yeah. And then we went to Leicester five times to help the city pray in night in 2014, in 2015. Then the pastors decided they were going to pray over the whole city, dedicate the whole city every week. It so happened that during that time, we have the, the, their their football team was in a relegation battle. They appointed somebody called Peterson. And Peterson helped them survive relegation. Then they dedicated every part of the city to God, all the pastors. And in that same year, it just so happened that their football team won the Premier League. Wow. That, that, Pastor that, Jonathan, you are across the ministry and this football <laughs> thing, you are across it as well. No, I just You're speaking almost like a commentator. <laughs> No, no, what, no, what I'm yeah. saying, what I'm saying is that when you pray, coincidences happen. Yes. When you stop praying, they stop. Mm. You know, and we had a whole thing about dedicating the whole of and praying over the whole of the British House, mm. this Pentecost. Yeah. You know, and we had majorly England in, in get involved in that whole Pentecost dedication and prayer, and coincidentally, England is doing well in the Euros. When are you going to move to Scotland? Scotland needs, Scotland needs a, little, a, little, a little help as well. Oh my God. So I, I, all I'm saying is that um, tomorrow, um, my, wife, my wife enjoys my enthusiasm now. You know, I don't over, I'm not overbearing with, with football with her. You know, and um, every now and then, even when there's a football on, we'll watch her Netflix room, um, rom-com um, programs. And then you say, oh, aren't you watching your at football? At the same time. Yeah, at the same time. Aren't oh, you watching your okay. football? You know, I, I will catch it up on much of the day. So it's my way of depositing love uh, units. So she knows that I am sacrificing to watch her program with her. Pastor Abby, we love you. <laughs> okay, we're going to go to another break. And when we come back, um, we'll talk about your LinkedIn profile and a recommendation that I saw <laughs> on okay. there. You're listening to Real Life with Femi Bureau. My guest in the studio is Pastor Jonathan Oloyede. Please, whatever you do, don't touch that dial. We'll be right back after this break. You are tuned in to a radio stream from TVS Now with Femi Ibiwaya. Inspirational, engaging, uplifting radio. Don't touch that dial. Understand what your purpose is and go for it. Okay. Um, those who are real great leaders, they follow their gut instinct. And their gut instinct many times will direct them in the direction of their purpose on the earth. It's one thing for you to be a shepherd in mm -hmm. media, but you if you don't respond to the burning bush experience you will not step into your purpose as deliverer of israel okay talking about moses now yeah and while you're still doing your shepherding something in you will tell you this is not it in fact 
there's something interesting that is mentioned in Acts 7.25, I think it is. It says that Moses was a prince in Egypt, but it, IT, came into his heart that he should visit his people. IT, information technology, it came to his heart, the, the internal drive that comes. You are that job and you just know, this is not it. I'm doing this job but I'm not satisfied. There's something you are supposed to be singing in the theater. That's your call. So inspiration is important. What other skills and talents are required? Um, you need to get knowledge. Okay. You need to apply yourself to data. Okay, so relevant knowledge. Get all the data that you need. And then you need to have people around you. It mentors. Team. It mentor um, people that are behind you, younger than you, people at your level, and people ahead of you. Okay. So I want to ask you a question about City Chapel yes. in particular. Now, we've, we've spoken about um, transitioning from yes. an established ministry, and you talked about your convertible. I like cars, so that's the one I remember. <laughs> you had to walk away from your convertible into... Um, basically this ground floor opportunity where now you are recreating um, stuff all over again. What did you have to do um, to restart and reset the dial? And how has the journey been today? Okay. So the prophetic what God deals with me um, by speaking to me mm. and he told me to leave I delayed for a year okay and then a year later he came back and he spoke to me in my native language when God speaks to me in my native language what exactly did he say can you can you can you say it in your native language yes he said Sarike Sema Bale mm. which means run with run in such a way that your feet doesn't touch you know those cartoons where, yeah. where they're so basically it was saying you need to not go man's feet yes and um i got that so i had to go and tell my leader that i was leaving i wasn't negotiating anymore that i was leaving um at the same time a, f a pastor friend had a dream within the same week mm. in which he saw me um speaking to my leader and then he the pastor was speaking to the same my same leader and my leader was telling him that Jonathan has gone okay so he told me the dream he was afraid to tell me the dream because he didn't want to quit I said it's interesting I've just come out of a meeting telling him I'm going you know and then another meeting an, an Asian lady kept walked up, walked up to me after the meeting and gives me an, a prophetic word that I need to go quickly that many people so that was God is faithful in giving me I can tell you now those were reference reference points so okay yeah then we had to pray and know where to start you know some people wanted to come with us I didn't want anyone to come with us I didn't want to create any church splits so we dissuaded a lot of people that want church splits are good well at the time I didn't want because because that is the model for um, that's why the church is everywhere yeah Okay. I, I, I wanted to start on a clean slate. Hmm. Um, uh, 
I would say a few people um, did eventually join us, hmm. um, but it was we, a different. We were very reluctant. Yes, it was a different. To have them it was, yes, it was a different type of ministry from what it was. God, I don't call City Chapel a church. I call it a movement. Because okay. the Lord said, you wouldn't know where this community ends and another church begins. Okay. So there's no... So it's fluid. There's, yes, there's no strong emphasis on membership. So people come and they stay of their own volition. Hmm. Um, we don't... If people want to go, we're happy to release them as long as they're stepping into... So why do church leaders, why are they reluctant? Having understood that the church grows by splits yes amoeba growth yeah amoeba growth yes why are church leaders still very very graspy in terms of holding on to what they got because the number of things um pastors are always in need of help help so, so people help it and people leaving means less help and that could be in terms of skills, it can be in terms of funds and resources. Um, pastors, many pastors also have this um, wrong notion of what it means to be successful in the ministry. So success in the ministry is counted in terms of size and numbers. And that's what the human nature and ego connects with. Most. Okay, but the congregants themselves have a responsibility to go where God actually sends them. Um, yes and no. Um, many congregations are not taught that they have that freedom. Hmm. So there is a somebody is listening to you, Pastor Jonathan. Tell yes. them they have that freedom. But yes, but the, what are the responsibilities they have? Because freedom must. Yeah, 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 yeah. So if 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 they if they have that freedom, then they must be responsible to submit to Christ and what He's saying to them. You know, they can't just live because they fought with the pastor. They don't like the church anymore. And many many Christians are converts. They're not disciples. They've they've learned to listen to their pastor. They don't even know how God speaks to them. You know, and those that do know how God speaks to them sometimes are too strongly in a soul tie with their leader. Hmm. That um, going in a different direction, they feel it's a betrayal, you know. Meanwhile, God is telling them to do something, and they don't want to do it. So, it's not as straightforward as that. It's complicated, but I feel that if churches are set up with the idea of people grow and go, grow and go. I like that. Grow and go. Yes, okay. <clears throat> it will help. The kingdom more the people will have a greater sense of freedom hmm. to go where god has called them to do it's not it's not easy but it is right hmm. it's the right thing to do and um the priesthood of all believers means that christians should be able to mature to a point where they start their own ministry and they don't have to put all of their time and resources into a church hmm. they, they are supposed to be putting their resources into the kingdom <clears throat> excuse me but the church is supposed to be the launching pad for ministry wow not the end this is very deep <laughs> this is very deep you know i just started to have a vision 
in my mind, a kind of a, a picture in my mind, that believers should be connected with their leaders yes. and never lose that connection yes. throughout their lives. Yes. So a leader should be like a dog walker who holds that believer on a leash and regardless of whether that believer goes to the uttermost parts of the world and is running his own ministry, he's still connected somehow. I, I don't like that analogy. I like it. Uh, no, I, you know, because it means that someone is in control. That leader that you just described is Christ. Yes. Okay. So you see what I'm saying? Is Christ. You know, okay, but yeah. the, the church leader is a dog walker mm -hmm. that the dog owner can give his dog to for a period, a period of time. <laughs> and then take it back. Take it okay. back. I like but, I, but I believe that a leader and leadership should have lifelong relationships. It's yes. More, it's, so the, the relationship connection mm. should remain mm. beyond religion, beyond church. Mm. So even if you go, we can maintain a relationship. That is fantastic. That is the way it's supposed to be. Think about it. Jesus, God himself came. He didn't start a church. He made disciples. Mm. Church gets in the way of discipleship making. Wow. So many times. Dr. Jonathan, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm a little bit uh, reluctant to ask you this question. Okay. However, I want to ask you, who are your mentors? If it is possible, with the amount of knowledge, divine inspiration, counsels from God, connection, um, prophetic support from your wife and everything, is it possible for you to have a mentor? Ah, let's see. My, my wife and I, we co-mentor each other. First, okay. first, of, first of all, we've always done that. Mm -hmm. Um, my main mentor just passed away. Um, uh, yes, Reverend Joel Edwards. Um, he mentored me when it came to um, all the things that I'm doing in terms of kingdom unity connections. He was the um, leader of the Evangelical Alliance when I met him. Um, lovely, lovely man. I could tell him anything. Um, he was like a natural father to me. He wasn't a spiritual father. I, I don't like using those words, to be honest, uh, because it's not like I. It's all scriptural, really. Uh, yes, I didn't glean all the spiritual things I got from my 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 private life, my altar from him, but I got skills of relationship, connecting with the white um, um, communities and Caucasian. He was the one that held held my hand, and mentored me over years um, in that. So he basically was my my main mentor you know um that's what i was that's that's who i would say is my, my mentor i had i have other reference points i'm gonna call them mentors but i have reference points people i connect with when it comes to church or whatever uh, but he was i would say in my head if i couldn't describe a mentor it was reverend joel edwards i was going to ask you a question about him <clears throat> but you've already segued into that nearly yes. so I'll ask you the last question before we go to um, our third, is it third and final break? <laughs> um, so looking back on nearly three decades in ministry, are there any insights that you can share with younger stallions? And when I talk about stallions <laughs> now, I'm using that in Male a very, and very okay, I know. general um, sense. Walking behind you, as a father in the faith now, mm. and also as a veteran 
of the Evangelical Alliance? Uh, that's a big question. It would take a whole show to answer that question. But let me kind of... So, so, give us the short version. Yeah, let me give you the short version. I think the number one key thing for me has been my altar. I believe that every Christian leader, emerging leader, young leader, older leader should have an altar. What I mean by altar is the place, the platform, or the principle by which God speaks to you. Mm. You know, you must have it. Without that, you're, you're just playing games. I believe, secondly, you must be broken. Mm. What I mean by broken is that your ego is not stronger than your spirit. Mm. Um, what I mean by that is M Moses allowed his ego to be stronger than his spirit. Mm. That's why God said, don't go, you're not going into this. In the promised land um, because when you are angry when you're provoked when you want to sleep with another woman or man when your body or your mind wants you to respond and say certain things your spirit by the Holy Spirit can say don't mm. and you can submit and so you must never allow your ego to be stronger than your spirit and the Holy Spirit would be my brokenness is key Thirdly, is having life travelers with you. People that are traveling, it can be your wife, your husband, it can be one or two friends. People that are in the journey for the long haul. With whom you can be yourself, you can relax, you can have your pina colada, you can have your Irish cream, you know, you can put your feet up. Um, and that is very important to have. Um, fourthly, and um, maybe I would say is um, have rest. You know, take care of yourself, take care of your body, yeah. go for walks, you know, exercise, swimming. Yeah. The, the machine that God gave you, yeah. that computer, the body, the mind, and the physical body, take care of it and re recreate well you know play well mm. you know and pray well you know and preach well pray play preach yes well. <laughs> okay so pastor jonathan the last question is particularly pertinent for people listening so have a personal altar yes okay uh second one was um what's the second one so I said you have to be broken. Be broken. Yes. Yeah. That one is not the easy one. Yeah. The ego because that means your pride. Than your spirit. Yeah. Yes. Pride comes down. Yes. And then thirdly, um, have 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 good confid confidants that can yes, speak to your that spirit. That can travel with you, travel with you yeah. on the journey. People okay. you can be yourself with. Okay. And then so take, you have a good network. Yeah. A, a reliable and trustworthy network. Yeah. It's Peter, James, and John kind. It's not, it's not going to be a massive thing. So then the last one is preach, play, yes, and pray well. Rec recreate well. Have recreate well. Family is important. Okay. You know, family comes, be, in my opinion, family becomes before ministry. Okay. You know, so make sure that you're, you and your family are recreating well. You're playing well. You're enjoying yourself, mm. you know, with your family. And yeah, 
those, those are things that allow you to to have longevity in ministry yeah because ministry is a bottomless pit mm. you know and let's not talk about that. that that will put that will put some of the pictures <laughs> off <laughs> Oh, the needs. The need, I meant the needs. The needs of yes. ministry, yeah. yeah. Never, it's an, an ending, ending cycle of, of needs. Yeah. Yes. There's a, there's a statement about an unending cycle of love in the marriage vows, isn't there? Uh, yes, yes. An ending cycle yes. Yes. of love. Yes. They will give you this ring. Yes. As <laughs> a token of my love. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, we're going to go to our third and final break and when we come back we're not going to go heavy into okay church things we're going to talk about life and okay. we're going to talk about other things thank you ladies and gentlemen you've been listening to real life with Femi B. our guest in the studio today is pastor doctor is it actually a medical doctor dr jonathan whatever you do please don't touch that dial we'll be right back after this short break I've been enjoying this. You are tuned in to a radio stream from TVS Now with Femi Ibiwaya. Inspirational, engaging, uplifting radio. Don't, don't touch that dial. Um, to take my breaks, I, I cycle when I can. I walk um, regularly. Um, I love movies. If you mention a movie, I've sci-fi movie in particular i'm likely to have watched it i'm very much into sci-fi you know one one, one of my one of my best is minority report i did watch that as well yes tom cruise i think steven spielberg produced directed that one um i love action action movies i'm gonna try you on the sci-fi movies thing because, (laughs) because you're the one who said it yeah i love 2067 what's that all about 2067. That's a new one. That's a new one. Yes, I've not watched that one yet. Okay, what about Volition? I've seen that one before. Which one? Who was in that? Uh, I I don't know who. I can't remember who was in it, but I I think this um, Magda Apanovich. You're you're bringing up. Called uh, Angela. You're bringing up recent ones. No, this is not. Volition, maybe it's about two or three years old, I think. Are you talking about sci fi movies? No, there was one. I think. I think I've just turned it on. Uh, yeah, this, these are supposed to be sci-fi. These are supposed to be sci-fi, uh, sci-fi movies. So okay, right. So did okay, you watch so the sci-fi. Did, you, did you watch the Bond tr- trilogy? The Jason the Bond tr- trilogy. Jason yes, Bond. yes, Jason Bond. Yeah, just a one of them. Um, I can't remember them very well, but I, I remember that I, I know that I've watched them, and I know that I've got Blu-ray and DVDs. Okay. In my, I've got a wardrobe with oh, DVDs in. You know they have begun obsolete now. <laughs> I hear Sainsbury's, Sainsbury's and uh, Sainsbury's are stopped selling CDs. These are going to become classic CDs and DVDs. Yes, everything's going to detail. I've still got vinyl. Wow. I've got DVD. I've got VHS. Yeah. In uh, fact, I think I may actually have a tips. record, a recording, VHS recording of your wedding or something like that. Really? Yeah, I think. Don't hold me to it. I'll go and check wow. it. Wow, I think so. From Glory Bible Church days, yes. when I was in Victim. <laughs> <laughs> Vic- 
team. Wow. That is that that's a name from the past. Oh, blast. Blast from the past. Yes. Oh okay. wow. So I, I love movies. Let, let okay. me just say, let me put it that way. Okay. So um what else do you do to take to take a break? I mean recently my, my, my family introduced me to Ludo. So what? Yeah, we play Ludo. In this day and age. Yeah, we play Ludo. There's a whole, there's a there's a whole millennial generation that have connected powerfully with Ludo now. Please, can you describe to? I'm sure most of the people listening to us. Ludo is like a it's a board game, it's a board where, game where you throw your dice with and you have, you have you have four you have four tokens yeah. and the objective is to um, get your tokens um, home through a, a maze of of of. Of points and Dagonal nobody if anybody points. if anybody throws their dice and gets on on your same they get they put you back home okay. so it's to get all four of them you know to go to, yeah to, to the destination okay. what else do you play what else do I play I used to play Scrabble but I don't play Scrabble anymore um, you know uh, the Scrabble online now oh yeah 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 I I, 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 I had a I had a agreement with God because Scrabble was becoming too much of a distraction I still play Scrabble. I play yeah, online. I think Ludo has taken over now. <laughs> Ludo, okay. Ludo has taken over. So I, 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 movies, and then eat. I love to eat with family or friends. You know, I love, I love that. Football is another recreation. Did God ever give you back your convertible Mercedes Benz? Uh, please, let's not go there. Let's just, <laughs> <laughs> let's just go there. Okay. I, I drive, I drive a lovely decent cash car now. Wow. Yeah. Okay. That's not a Mercedes though. No, it's not a Mercedes. Okay. When is the Mercedes coming? Um, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We'll okay. See. You're committed to raising an army of one million Christ-like disciples across the globe. Yes. That is a laudable project. Can you give us a timeline of when this goal will be achieved? Regardless I, of whether it's in this generation, next generation, or future I, 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 I don't think I'm going to be able to fulfill that. I'm going to go out aiming for it. Okay. It's, it's a dream big. And the reason why it's a big dream, because in an average church now, let's say you have a thousand people, yeah. maybe there are 10 disciples. Right. Okay. So these are not just Christians. You are talking about people who are proper disciples. People who are submitted to Christ and people mm. who are duplicating themselves in another person intentionally, mm. at least once a year or once every two years. Mm. Do you think do you think there are going to be one million disciples in heaven? Oh yeah, there, there, there are lots of disciples. I mean, mm. I mean, the underground church in China, um, in parts of India and the Middle East right now, because they they are doing it at threat of their lives. It's not a luxury oh, for yeah. them. The it's not. They're not, going, they're not going to God because they want a convertible. You know, or they want to buy a house. Pastor Jonathan, don't hold that against me. <laughs> no, no, what the point yes. I'm making is that they're not going to God because of what he can give them. Yes. They're going to God for what he has given them, which is eternal life. That's okay. the biggest thing. We're going to avoid the prosperity gospel. We're not going to say anything about that. I'm not even talking about that. Because otherwise we'll be here for another hour. Oh, no, I'm not even, I, honestly, I'm not talking about that because I'm just you talking about... Yeah, con consumerism. Um, mm. And what people don't realize is that they're going to have the biggest mansions in heaven. Hallelujah. They're going to enjoy heaven to the max. And, and anything that you have enjoyed right now, mm. is it sex? Is it food? Is it 
multiply by a million times, you've not even began to touch on the pleasure and the enjoyment of what heaven is going to be like. Mm. You know, so um, the point I'm making is that whatever you've enjoyed on this earth pales to insignificance. Mm. Paul said this light afflictions mm. for the glorious thing that we're going to be enjoying. So is it ice cream? You've not, you've not had ice cream. Mm. When you get, I mean, the, what I'm saying, what well, the point I'm making, and people don't seem to, if they catch a revelation yeah. of what, that's why people die in the Lord. I don't mourn them mm. because they're enjoying. But so Jonathan, you say that on Wednesday this week, my wife and I went to see a friend of ours who passed away yesterday. Okay, and um, we had a conversation with with her, and we were trying, we were. Pray, obviously praying now realize we kind of knew but you were praying against the will of God okay. and probably the will of the person themselves okay but how do you give your friend comfort especially when they're purposemented they're still speaking to you and mm. you're, you're there in the room with them and you're having a conversation and they can talk to you properly mm. you know um, is it possible to persuade somebody who has caught a glimpse of, of glory land? It's, it's almost impossible. I, I mean that. I mean that. I've watched documentaries of people who supposedly had a heavenly experience. Mm. They said they forgot. experience. Oh yeah, they, they said they forgot everything. Mm. In, that when the Bible says, in the presence of the Lord, there's fullness of joy. Mm. The guy said, you cannot describe, I cannot describe everything that I've ever wanted to be, to achieve. Hmm. You know, um, why do people want a lot of money? Why do people, we're aiming for something. We don't even, sometimes we don't even know what we're aiming for. There's hmm. something within us. And that joy is when we get into the person who created us. Hmm. And he presses all the buttons. Hmm. That is what I created you to be. It's like, Wow. You can't imagine what is what is like, so yeah, I I, I believe that um, when we catch a glimpse of that, we would do anything for God. Um, this life and what it gives is great, but it's a temporary poor shadow hmm. of reality. Wow, <laughs> it's a poor shadow. So we're we're living in a dump. Yeah. Let's put it that way. We're actually living in a dump. Well, it's a, it's a God dump. Yeah, compared to heaven. Yeah. So, because Adam put us in this dump, but with sin, you know. Mm. And so, the, 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 the point is, let us prepare ourselves for our permanent abode. Wow. You know, our real location. You're already taking my next question. <laughs> but please go ahead. Let's prepare ourselves for where we are supposed to go. And there's something inside us, honestly, in everybody that is the real drive for why they're here. Some people, they're called to sing and they are doing administrative IT work. Wow. Go and sing. Go and find the reason that God put you on the planet. And you will have fulfillment, money or no money. Hmm. You will have, you, number one, you, some people live well hmm. and they have nothing to their name. So people have everything they can have, but they don't live well. Mm. So life is a preparation for heaven, which is what I was going to ask you. <laughs> if you had a bucket list, 
Yes. What would you put in it? Ah, this is the interesting part. A bucket list. So, mm -hmm. um, I love music. So, if I had time, I would love to be a DJ. Oh! Yeah, I, I would love, honestly, I would love to be a DJ with all kinds of genre of music and make people dance. Pastor J, come to my house. I have my decks. <laughs> I have decks. I have vinyl. I have... Really? Um, yeah, I, I have think, all I think, the decks. I think you're going to come and train me because I, I, love, I love music. I mean, um, when, we, when, the, when we had the um, Saturday semi-final, I think, against Germany. Mm. Was it Germany? Uh, no, it was Denmark. Okay. It was Saturday. Yeah, Saturday was Denmark. Was Denmark. That was... Um, yeah, I, I invited no, people to... No, that wasn't Denmark. Okay. No, that was Ukraine. Was it Ukraine? Ukraine, Ukraine okay, was Ukraine. 4-0. Yes. Okay, okay. So, Saturday I entertained Sunday. people yeah. at my house. Yeah. The, the Saturday before the Saturday before that, mm. um, I got people to come to the house. Uh, Sunday. Sunday, Sunday yeah, before that. Sunday. And I was just playing reggae music. Christopher okay. I. Okay, Christopher I. Yes. I, I, I was just playing Christopher I and my, my daughter gave me some Afro beats on Spotify and okay. put it onto the um, into this um, deck thing. Virtual uh, deck. Yeah, that my um, micros, uh, microphone or speaker system. Yeah. And uh, my son got me. You know, I love music. Wow. I mean, so wow. It, that's that's that's. You are invited. That's invited. a pocket come, list. Come to Witham. <laughs> Another pocket list yeah. for me is I want to go to Montego Bay, Antigua, the Caribbean. I've not been there. Okay. You know, and I hear the beaches mm. and the people and the water is beautiful. Wow. I would love I would love to go to to Caribbean to the Caribbean islands and spend a year, maybe live there for a, a period, just soak it in. Because wow. those guys they live where? They live closer to nature, you know. They live closer to paradise. <laughs> the beaches look they look like paradise. Yes, I'm I'm talking about the beaches now, I'm not talking about the slums. Yeah, where what, what? You know, the, you, sometimes we only see one side of the picture. I know, but I'm I'm basically I'm talking about the location of where those resorts are. Okay, what yeah. about cars? What would you? Uh, what would you spend your? I, I would like to get my hands on the Tesla. Okay, you Which know, I like to one? drive. Um, uh, what's the name? They did. They did. Um, you know that uh, Cybertruck. Um, no, what's it this? Um, S. M M um, BMW did this eight, the space-like looking. Oh, the i eight. Yeah, they did this. You know, I would love to drive. The i eight. Yes, one of those really good electronic-inspired cars that they now. Okay. Mercedes has just um, come out with um, the EQS, which I think I've seen that. It's like a space. It's like a space thing that. It looks like an S class. Okay. It's like an S class, but it's the electric version. Okay, no, I'm not the okay. the boxy SUV type. Okay. And they say that's the that's that's the best um, electric vehicle okay. in the world today. Alright. I I would love to I would love to drive one of those just to get the experience. I've not driven one before. Okay. Just to just to get the experience of what it means to drive. What about bungee jumping? Nah, it's not that's not my thing. <laughs> oh, those, those, those are not on my pocket list. Fantastic. You know, yeah. Pastor Jonathan, we're coming to the end of our uh, time together in this interview. Would you like to give a shout out to anyone? Uh, shout out to anyone? Yeah, apart from Pastor 
Abby. Um, you can give a shout out to our <laughs> our, our studio if you like. Uh, okay, so, so I, I misunderstood the question. Um, before I say that, yeah. let me just say something. Mm -hmm. uh, and this is just for me to say to somebody. Hmm. I, I, you see, by the time at Glory House, I was the resident pastor. I like to meet people. Hmm. And then this... Um, woman came in late mm. to see a pastor and I said okay I'll see her I was late and I was gonna go home so I saw her in the main office the main pastor's office and sat down and she sat down and I began to talk in my head I was thinking oh why did I waste my time because mm. she was sacrophone she couldn't speak well mm. and the Holy Ghost slapped me oh. and said you will listen to her because she's higher in rank than you. Hmm. She loves me more than you. Hmm. So you will help her with whatever she needs. So I sat up and I listened. I can't remember the lady's name, but I did my best to do whatever she needed. The point I'm making is that if you see this woman in the natural, you won't rate her as anything, whatever. And that reminds me that God doesn't see as man sees. So this shout out is for all of you out there that are doing things behind the scenes that nobody recognizes. But God sees. God sees it. Mm. Um, I can never forget, I read that scripture in the Bible when Samuel, the national prophet, went to the house of Jesse because God said his king is there. And he arrives and he sees um, the elder son and God said no I've seen his application I've rejected his application already in other words God had before that visitation God had visited that place hmm. and I said to people that you don't know when God visits to examine what you're doing so when I'm saying that to say that you go into a public toilet and you pick up stuff from the floor, you put it into it, the bag, and nobody sees that. You know, um, you see somebody's bag drop and you help them pick it up. You know, you make a phone call, or you go and visit somebody in hospital. You'd be surprised at what heaven records. Man, so I am doing a shout out to all of those hidden good Samaritans hmm. that heaven recognizes, but we ignore. And we look down on. I want to encourage you to keep doing what you're doing because God knows who you are and sees who you are. And God bless you for being better than many of us. Thank you so much, Dr. Jonathan Oloide. My guest today, Dr. Jonathan, was born in Britain, was bred in Nigeria. Dr. Jonathan is a medical doctor by profession. He serves as a full-time apostolic missionary to the United Kingdom and Europe. While he was on a three-month holiday in London in 1991, he responded to God's call to Europe. He was subsequently ordained into pastoral ministry in 1993 and has served full-time since then continuously for about 28 years. His overriding passion, and he's expressed it here in the interview, 
is to raise a global network of one million disciples of Christ across the continents and nations and to see the vision of Jesus fulfilled through the Great Commission and Great Commandments to love God and all the people. And he's also admitted to us here that it's um, a very, very big vision that may be his legacy to the world. Dr. Jonathan is a leader of City Chapel and the convener of the National Day of Prayer in the UK, which continues to see hundreds of thousands of people pray across multiple locations and stadia in Britain. He's blissfully married to um, Pastor Abby and lives in Kent with his two uh, children. You can contact Dr. Jonathan on LinkedIn, on Twitter, on his website. So, Dr. Jonathan, before you leave, yes. lots of people have listened to you and they're inspired. And some of them will want to DM you, they want to send you a message, yes. uh, they want to interact with you, or they want to get hooked into um, your initiatives and your movements. How can they get in touch with you? Um, <clears throat> the, um, the, the, the website to go to will be citychapel.org.uk okay. and on there there's a number 07429-379-777. If they send a text to that number, I will get it directly and I can respond to them directly. They can go to um, Jonathan Luede on Facebook um, or Instagram, so any uh, Twitter, they can get me on any of those, but mostly through that um, website citychapel.org.uk and there's a phone number on there 07429-379-777 they can send a text and I'll get it fantastic thank you very very much for your time it's been it's been it's been fun being here I really enjoyed myself thank you and I would love to come back and discuss some more theological or we would controversial, love, controversial conversation. We would love to have you back on the, on the station. Ladies and gentlemen, today is Saturday. You've been listening to Dr. Jonathan Oluyede on Real Life with Femi Biwoye in the studio. Uh, whatever you do for the rest of this week, uh, this weekend, please, please take care and have a lovely time. And um, our best wishes to our English lions on their remarkable um, contest tomorrow. Um, this is a wish from the Thorock Community Voice Radio for them to have the upper hand throughout the match and to win, win, win.